You know, Daly, if you point a gun at someone... Theoretically. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> theoretically. If you theoretically point a gun at someone, you should be ready to pull the trigger. Theoretically. theoretically. God, what a bunch of shitty movies. Welcome to another episode of the Daily Screening Podcast. My name, as always, is Daily. Uh, joining me this week, we have our certified film scholar, Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Hello. Hello. Uh, and then, of course, my partner in bland, mediocre crime, Bartholomew Devin. That's a little on the nose. <laughs> it's a little on the nose, but that's okay. Uh, yep. We're wrapping up our Terminator rewatch today, uh, today on the 5th of July. Uh, so we're all, you know, don't talk too loudly. We're all, you know, we had, we had a day yesterday. It's fine. Um, but I've still got you, leftover beers, so. You had about a day and a half yesterday. I did kind of have a day and a half yesterday. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, we kind of skipped a week. Uh, so we, we, we should probably address uh, to some degree uh, that which is Terminator Salvation, a.k.a. the Christian Bale one. Um, but mostly I think we're going to talk about Terminator Genesis, which is the newest, latest entry that has just hit the theaters and probably made way more money than it deserves. That is the the only superlative adjective you can use for that movie, is that it's the newest. It is the latest one. It is yes. the most recent one, yes. Yeah. Um, well, we'll talk a little salvation to kick things going. Uh, all right. So I know, Bart, you didn't quite make it all the way through this one, uh, which I really don't fault you for well okay so for the listening audience i'm preparing for two bar exams so yeah. i might my, my time is very limited hence my kind of repeated absence lately indeed and you're probably um, going to go on another brief hiatus following this episode i think which yeah you know, probably will miss you but that's like, until until august rolls, rolls around i'll probably yeah. be away but anyway um so yeah i didn't i decided after a good well after really it was two 15 minute instances of, of Terminator <laughs> Salvation, I decided, eh, this is not a good use of my time. It's a fair, 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 fair point, sir. And I think I saw enough of it that I, I, well, I don't remember the events of it, but for Terminator, it's sort of irrelevant. Yeah. What you kind of get is a feeling of whether it's good or bad, and it's bad. Uh, that that's, is true. It's that's, real that's, bad. That's about it. Um, it's Yeah, it's a shame because it's... Uh... There, I think there is something to this uh, concept that is actually interesting. You know, people for a long time with the Terminator movies always there was. I think there was always a sense among Terminator fans that you know that they wanted to see more of the future stuff. You know, like James Cameron gave us fucking laser battles in the future, and so people were like, I want to see you know soldiers shooting lasers at robots. You know, I think that was always sort of a fan desire. Um, and, you know, this is a movie that tries to deliver upon that desire. Um, with It certainly tries. Pretty mixed results. But there is something I think that's interesting in the concept here of, um, you know, of sort of seeing, not just seeing that part of this uh, story or that, you know, element of the, uh, of the universe here that's always been, you know, only lightly touched upon, basically. 
Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I think there is some interesting stuff here. You get to see some more uh, kinds of robots, which is fun. You get to see a couple different styles of Terminators. Yeah, I'll give you that. I mean, th- that stuff actually still works. Yeah. I kind of like the doesn't... homeless Terminator. That guy's kind of great. Did you get to the homeless Terminator? <laughs> Uh, he's like hunting Kyle Reese and the, and the little girl. He's like he's like a big hulking guy. He doesn't have uh, skin. He's just like a skeleton, but he's got like rags and yeah, 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 yeah. He looks good. Yeah, he, he's he's a T six hundred. Yes, exactly. Uh, he's the predecessor of Arnold, I think. Right. Yeah, the homeless T six hundred. That's what I wrote down. Um, and you get the giant human things with the claws that scoop the people up and uh, mo- oh moto- my god, moto terminators. <laughs> I could not. Okay, so when the giant terminator was there, the one with the claws, I couldn't. Because it's juxtaposed so close with them in the in the, the wrecker with the, the like wrecking ball oh, yeah, the yeah, hook yeah. thing, mm-hmm. I couldn't not think of enemy testicle like beneath robot enemy testicles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That whole scene, yeah. I just couldn't not think of it, and I was like, oh, terrible. Yeah, um, um, but yeah, I mean, I like the hunter killer footage works. Like yeah, that stuff. That's, that stuff still works. Little mini I mean, drones are kind of fun. That yeah. seems sort of of the moment. Um, yeah, it's fine. And I also think there are some bits to the human side that kind of work, too. Like, look, uh, you're never going to find me complaining about a movie in which Michael Ironsides is, you know, the commander of the human resistance from a fucking submarine. Like, yeah. And Michael Ironsides is commanding uh, a submarine against a robot army. That's I'm always on board for that. You it's know? just what he was born to be. Exactly. My only problem with it is that he has all of his appendages. Like, if he, he needed, like, an eye patch or, like... You know, like a stumpy elbow or something. You know, that that would have had peak iron sides there. Oh yeah, but you know, what are you gonna do? Um, I also kind of like the idea of uh, which genocide also touches on genesis. Genocide. Yeah, that's what we're gonna. No, we're, I'm gonna call it genocide <laughs> from now on. A, that was the best kind yeah. of protein slip. <laughs> uh, genesis kind of touches on this as well, uh, which is the idea of uh, of John Connor, not just as this like great military leader but also as this sort of inspirational figure as a prophet basically you know yeah yeah um, he's a little too much batman for me in, in uh in salvation a little yeah the bail i mean is a little for, too for the yeah for the for the minutes of it that i was there it was too much batman mm-hmm. oh yeah you had that reference you had that you came up with he's that when rushing yeah, yeah explain that because i've forgotten it what is this because I was confused because there was, like, in Salvation, there was a military leader who was ordering John to stand down. And so I was saying to Daly, I was like, I thought he was in charge. Like, all the other movies, they keep saying, like, he's the leader of the resistance. So I was like, who's this guy who can tell him to stand down? He was like, well, he's not really in charge. He's just kind of, he does a lot of good things. The people follow him. So he has these little radio broadcasts, and he spurs on the people. I was like, oh, so he's the Mockingjay. He's... You know, the Katniss Everdeen character in Hunger Games. He's, like, the person that people rally behind who fulfills some sort of, like, prophecy-type role. Yeah, it's the figurehead. But he, yeah, but he's not actually in charge of anything. I was like, oh, okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Two, three movies of he's in charge, and suddenly he's just the Mockingjay. Well, I think the idea with Salvation is supposed to be that it's still, like, the early days of the Resistance to a certain degree, so that... You know, he, 20, 2018. Yeah, it's 2018, which is interesting because, you know, even, you know, so Genesis basically rewrites the, all of the history of all the Terminator movies, which is one of many things that it makes me upset about that movie. Um, but, you know, in a way, it still kind of fits with uh, within the framework of here where the it's early days of the resistance in 2018. In Genesis, they go up to 2017, which is when Skynet goes live in that timeline. So, like, you could argue it's still 
fits. Although, you know, there's also an issue with where T3 would fit in because their Skynet happens in uh, Judgment Day happens in 2003, I believe. So, uh, you know, look, nobody took the time to think about this stuff. So us doing it sort of seems superfluous. Um, well, yeah, and don't forget about Sarah Connor Chronicles. Well, which is... yeah, which, which again, I don't think anybody really holds any like you know brings into the the equation when it comes to the movies. So, um, but I think uh, there is something interesting about the concept of uh, of John Connor as as this sort of prophet guy, where people say, "Oh, he can see the future," and it's like, "No, he can't see the future." Like he's benefiting from the are from the previous time travelers, you know, like, uh, in salvation, uh, he's got like all these audio, all of his mom's audio tapes where she has like told him all of this stuff. And I appreciate that we do get Linda Hamilton's voice in some audio tapes. Like that's actually kind of nice. Um, but and her picture and her picture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I I think there is something kind of interesting there where it's basically, he's this inspirational figure, but really he's kind of duping everyone at the same time, you know, um, like he's let allowing them to believe he has some sort of prophecy power or that he can see into the future, but really he's just no. I just have more information than these people do, and I'm using that to my advantage to sort of gain a foothold and and make sure the things that need to happen need to happen. So, um, I think there's something something worth exploring there, though. I appreciate its presence. I think. But... Well, I mean, I think they tried to do that again in Genesis. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I cheat. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I and Great. I kind of like good for that you, bit. buddy. Yeah, nobody cares. Um, but yeah, most of Salvation is like, you know, it, it lacks uh, really any kind of. I don't want to even say levity, but the whole thing is just so dour and grim. We were watching it, and I think Jamie, you were like, "Was this movie in black and white?" Like, it's, yeah. it's like there's no color in this movie. Well, that's one of the things that drives me crazy about all these post-apocalyptic dystopian future movies is. What happened to all the paint? Like... Except for fire. Fire got to be a color. Everything yeah. else was just gray. Yeah. Like, it's like, I don't really want to watch traffic today. Like, why are we? What's your deal? Um, I think Sam Worthington is also really rough in this movie. Like, I literally couldn't tell. I'm sure it's not Jake, Jai Courtney. Yeah, look, the are two sure? are basically interchangeable sure? at this point. Um, but I, I literally we thought we wouldn't notice, but we did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't tell if he was if his character was supposed to be American or Australian or maybe uh, Australian I'm not with sure American. Sam Worthington knew either. Yeah, I Thanks, know. Charlie Hunnam. I don't like... think he asked. Yeah, it's sometimes he sounds. It's like, well, there's clearly an Australian accent in that line well, no, of dialogue, but, yeah, but no, not I in this other tell one. Either I was like, I can't tell if he's trying and failing to do an American accent, or if he's just not even trying. Like, if his character is just Australian, like I really can't tell. Yeah, well, and there's also like, it seems like in Salvation, Skynet is also like very fucking disorganized because the whole point was like, yeah. oh, Skynet issued a, a like a kill list of all the people. That it wants to kill, and John Connor was number two, but Kyle Reese is number one. They have fucking Skynet has Kyle Reese in custody forever. So like, why it doesn't just kill Kyle Reese to begin with doesn't make any goddamn sense. Because if you kill Kyle Reese as a child, there is no John Connor. Like you I, don't need to yeah. use him as bait to lure in John Connor. You kill Kyle Reese, and then there is no John Connor. Like, well, the other thing is, why it's it's not Caprica. It's not. Battlestar, why is there a list? Why are yeah. they publishing a list? <laughs> it's ones and zeros, you idiot. Ugh. Agreed. Yeah, who is that list for? 
There are yeah. no humans. Why isn't it just trading data between its units? Why why is it putting out a list in English written language? No, just give the order. Just yeah. just an order. Just fine. send it out over the Wi-Fi's. Yes. <laughs> send all your drones. Ugh. You mean over Siri slash Skynet? Yeah. Siri net. Siri net. Yeah. yeah, we'll go with that. Um, but yeah, look, salvation is. I, I think that's all. All the ink I want to waste on salvation. It's not. It's not very good. Where's oh? There is one more thing we should talk about with salvation. Yeah, Arnold. Oh yeah, progress did you get to, in did you get in, to that? in making young Arnold. No, I'm just. I know it's in here somewhere. I can't find it, but I know it's he at the exists. Very very end, basically. I think it looks okay in salvation. Um, I was actually pretty. It's one of the few things that I found actually pretty impressive in Genesis. I actually think the young Arnold stuff works pretty well yeah. in Genesis, and I think part of that is because. He doesn't have to do a lot, you know, like, mm-hmm. like, you don't the, getting the like real detail on young Arnold. Like it's mostly just like close ups of him just like standing and looking, you know, anytime they have him like fighting or something, he, the camera's a little farther out or like he gets his face kind of fucked up real quick. So oh, yeah, I guess, like, no, I'm sure that like, was like, a half an Arnold face for a while. Yeah, not by accident. Yeah. Um, and, and then as soon as he like gets he gets deactivated and then he wakes back up and then they like immediately set his entire body on fire and burn away all the skin. So mm-hmm. uh, you know they're they're very uh, judicious with their use of young Arnold, but like there's like that one like close up shot where I was like it actually almost looked as if they had like photoshopped out young Arnold from the original and just like you know they, like they were just using the original footage from the first movie. Uh, as opposed did. to, like, digitally de-aging him. Yeah, I'd be curious to see sort of what the process was there uh, for that stuff. Yeah. So let's talk about Genesis, then. Um, I don't I don't even know... I don't even know where to begin with this thing. Um, let's, let's... I do. Let's... Well, let... Okay, well, I would say let's try to find some good. What what what, what works in this movie? I think this is going to be a short segment. <laughs> what do you... Okay. What, what works in this movie? Old Man Arnold? Oh, yeah. Old Man Arnold works just fine. Yeah. I agree, He's... actually. Uh, I I kind of... Arnold remains the MVP of this franchise, and not just in a, like, well, they're paying me, so I'm back. Like, no pun intended. Um, he just, like, he actually seems to be enjoying himself. Yeah. Uh, and he is just like every even when he's doing dumb shit or like when he's like saddled especially with this, when he's doing dumb shit yeah we saddled with this like awful dialogue like have you mated yet like it doesn't matter like i'm still enjoying everything that he says well i, I don't know if it's partly because old man arnold the person has become so ridiculous yeah and it's just rubbing off on everything that he does now i mean don't forget this is the same man who old tank and fried an egg egg on the side of it during epic meal time because he can that's true like i think that he's just at that point in his career where everything that he is agreeing to do is just because he fucking wants to yeah it's hard and, not uh, to fall I, like, in love with that shit yeah i mean he, he seems like the only person on set who actually wants to be there yeah and it, i and it absolutely agree in fact it seems like everybody else is like doesn't quite nobody else on, on screen really feels comfortable everyone sort of seems like am i Am I on my mark? Is this, am I doing it right? Like, everyone else just feels very awkward and, like, they can't wrap their mouths around the words, which I don't really blame them for because most of the words that are coming out of their mouth are fucking terrible. Yeah. Meanwhile, Sergeant Candy in the background just doing whatever he wants. Oh, my God. Um, 
So J.K. Simmons, that's a good. J.K. Point. Simmons, J.K. Simmons is one of the few lone like that's true bright Stupid spots in this movie. Time traveling robots always covering up their damn tracks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, we we could probably get this out of the way right now. I mean, J.K. Simmons got to be heart of the Ghostbusters all around, right? Yep. Yeah, he's got to so. be everybody's heart of the Ghostbusters because he's fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's there no one something... else you even want to have a drink with. Exactly. At all. And I like I love not that, even minor characters. Yeah, and I, I will say I'm you know there was a part of me that was uh, just because I'd seen a couple of clips of him. Like I honestly thought, and I mentioned this in the earlier episodes of the podcast, that he was playing the like the role of the police psychiatrist of the Doctor Silverberg or Silverman or whatever his name was. Um, I wasn't convinced that he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm well, still not convinced that he wasn't. Well, he wouldn't have been because he would have been too young in 84. Because he's the young cop in 84 from the department store. And that's what I actually, one of the things I love about it is like, not only is it J.K. Oh, Simmons guy. and J.K. Simmons like being J.K. Simmons and being awesome, but I actually love yeah. the idea of like the lone guy who's like saw some weird shit back in back in the 80s and cuts to 2017 and he like still hasn't gotten over it and like nobody takes him seriously anymore like that's actually a really interesting character and like again not only is it like the jk simmons of it but like that's a character that i want to hang out with and like listen to everything that like he has he thinks he's figured out or what he thinks is going on like is um like i i just want to listen to that guy talk for an hour so you know what they did this movie all wrong because what they should have done is they should have made the script so that it's not about uh, Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor. We've seen it. We've seen that movie three times already. Yeah, four times. Well, three and more, a anyway. Half. Three and a half times already. Plus a show. What they should have done is they should have made it Old Man Arnold collaborating with the rando cop guy J.K. Simmons for forty years. In the intervening years, absolutely. Yeah, that would have been so much better. Think, yeah, and, and it would have been way more interesting. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, so Old Man Arnold is still good. J.K. Simmons is still good. Um, Mm -hmm. I kind of like the, uh, the 1984 section, um, when, like, when Reese first goes back and the stuff in the department store, like, I, 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 I hated that section. Oh, really? Yeah, I felt like I was watching the blooper reel from Terminator and Terminator 2 for like half an hour. <laughs> Just like I've seen this movie except they did it better last time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think there's I think there's an interesting, you know, it, yes, they're like they're literally recreating some of these scenes like shot for shot like when he's in the department store and he reaches up and grabs the jacket off the rack and then he's in the little like changing room and you see his foot come down and he velcros the Nike's. Um like some of that is like shot for shot recreation. Um but uh, I take great issue with the fact that uh, he also steals a T-shirt from the department yep. store. That's yep. fucking bullshit. Michael Bean, lean cut Michael Bean in uh, jeans and a and an over and no T-shirt and a creeper coat. Yeah, a creeper yeah. coat and no shirt. Um, that is an iconic look. Uh, and the fact that he somehow found a stripy sailor shirt somewhere, uh, I take great issue with. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that was some bullshit. Yeah. Um, but I kind of enjoy I kind of enjoy that section of it, if for no other reason than like it's 
felt like a Terminator film. Well, yeah, it sort of felt like a Terminator movie. And at that point, you don't quite know what's going on. Like, he shows up and then sort of immediately encounters a T-1000. So, you like, they haven't really, uh, you know, given away the game at that point in terms of, like, oh, that there's an old man Arnold. Like, you've seen the young Arnold come back, but you haven't seen old man Arnold come kill him yet. Uh, well, technically, Sarah Connor kills him, I guess. But, like, he, old man Arnold hasn't fought young man Arnold yet. So, so at first, there's sort of an element of, like, okay, so what's going on here? Like, how – what's – What's the puzzle, like the time travel puzzle, um, which is a thing that kind of persists throughout the movie. You just kind of give less and less of a shit about it as the movie goes as, on. As do the people who made the movie, yeah. considering that they left one big question hanging out there. Thank you, Jamie. Yes. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I kind I kind of like the 80 section. Um, did the, but that's – I think that's kind of it. I miss Bill Paxton. I, I – dude – when he encounters the punk rockers up by Griffith Observatory, I really, really wanted it to be like a de-aged Bill Paxton. Yeah. Or even just old man Bill Paxton with blue spiky hair, I would have been okay with, too. Yeah, I would have, too, actually. But, alas, no. I know. Yeah, those other guys guy, were a little kind of like, eh. Yeah. They were, they were too scrawny. Yeah, none of them were nearly as interesting looking as the originals. Yeah. I can't think of any other franchise that has basically tried to tell the exact same story five times yeah like because of the construct of the story spider-man well, <laughs> yes but that's like a reboot at yeah. least this is like because of the way the story is built you really only have this one story in this limited time frame that you can tell and you can't really go beyond that there's no next chapter there's no what happened after like you have a pretty clearly delineated start and end point and you can only tell stories within that time. Yeah. So they have basically tried to tell the same story five times, which like <coughs> Star Trek <coughs> is not admirable. It's I guess tenacious. Yeah, tenacious. That's probably a good word. For it. No, it's yeah. it's, um, it's stubborn bullshit. Is what yeah, it is. Okay. There you it go. You have they work have anymore. It they have work really beyond two. But it's like, how do you keep doing this? How do you keep trying to tell the same story over and over and over and over again? And how do people keep letting you? It's just the same story. <laughs> Terminators yeah. go back in time. Try to kill the same people at some point in their life timeline. Must be stopped. It's the same story. Try to stop Skynet while you're at it. Like, it's the same. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, look, let's let's talk about what doesn't work, because that's most of it. Um, first okay. Of, go ahead. Well, as I said to you, as soon as we got out of the theater, the worst thing that a summer blockbuster can be is boring. Yeah. It's... I, I said it was this movie is all sound and no fury. Mm-hmm. It's it's boring. There's so much action and it's all boring. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because there's no there's you know it's the same story over and over and over again. There's no doubt that anybody's gonna you know die or win or lose. Like you know what's gonna happen. You don't even care. It's just, there's no suspense. There's no suspense. No, no, no. And there's no suspense. It also feels like there's no stakes to anything either. Like the movie doesn't seem to give a shit about setting up like uh setting up a uh a stake for something and then like following through on that or or even a meaning to anything that happens so you know for example uh like they go to okay so they jump to 2017 uh let's you know we'll we'll address that in in a minute but they yeah. they travel forward to 2017 and pops has spent you know 30 years or whatever 
stockpiling uh, this underground bunker full of all of these weapons and stuff and and this, working construction jobs right they spend all <laughs> of this time like like, 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 oh, he spent 30 years doing putting all this stuff together and putting together all these resources, and they spend, like, 10 minutes in that bunker where they, like, have a couple of meaningful conversations and scenes, and uh, fucking Kyle Reese and the Terminator have, like, ammo clip loading contests. Um silly. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, they spend all this time there only to have the bad guy Terminator show up a minute later and, like, just blow the whole fucking thing up and it doesn't... Like, they just walk out with, like, one backpack and a machine gun and, like, that's it. So it's like, why... Why why does it... Why, why did we spend all that time there? What, what does that matter? Like, all, clearly that was all for naught. And there's not even, like, oh, that's important that, like, he put all this stuff together and now... And made a whole plan, but the Terminator came and, like, fucked your plan and now you need to come up with something else. So it was just sort of like, no, no, it just was a cool place to have well, people talking. I think, I think it was meant to be character development for old man Arnold because he had the things that, you know, baby Sarah Connor drew and he had the tape. So they could get the Ramones in there one more time. Oh, or, yeah, I don't absolutely. even remember who it was now. Was it yeah, the Ramones? No, yeah. Um, and, um, you know, and also to to show that he's old but not obsolete. That's yeah. that's what this that's what this franchise is. This, old fran- and obsolete. No, no, the franchise is old and not obsolete. But this movie is young and obsolete. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> anyway, um, I have. But yeah, there are some serious casting problems here. Um, first and foremost, uh, Jai Courtney as Kyle Reese. Um, that guy is boring as fuck. He is <laughs> he is uninteresting. He has like no personality, no charisma, um, and he's also just like wrong on every level for the role of Kyle Reese. You know, like what made Michael Bean so great as Kyle Reese is like I said, he's like lean and cut, and he's like. He, he looks like a refugee from the future war where, you know, they don't eat a lot of – there's not a lot of food, so nobody eats very well. And it's like everyone's sort of on the verge of malnourishment but still like, you know, every – it's like all muscle, you know, because their whole life is like fighting. Um, and so he – and he has this like this desperation and this intensity to him that just makes him like incredibly interesting and watchable. Jai Courtney has none of those things. He's yeah, like I got, a frat boy soldier that I don't care about. I got to be honest with you. I just had to do a Google image search of Jai Courtney. Because you forgot I, what his face looks like? I, I did because I was just watching Salvation and I, honest to God, could not remember his face in this movie. I said, wait, which fucking guy is it? Yeah. Which guy? Which guy? And yeah, I couldn't... Because I could tell you it's, ju- it's Sam Worthington and you wouldn't be able to tell the two fucking apart. Let's talk about the timeline, because this timeline oh, thing doesn't make any goddamn sense. So no. they're clearly going for the Star Trek thing, the, the Abrams Star Trek thing of we send someone back in time, we reboot everything, and it erases all the previous movies. Which, you know, in a way is really pretty insulting to, like, fa- a fan of the original movies. Like, I, Your beloved classic movies no longer exist. Yeah, exactly. Like, Star Trek can kind of get away with it because... Uh, because I still like all of, like, I kind of enjoy what comes out of it, you know? Like, if you can stick the ending... It's also been a few decades. Right, exactly. Since the first one. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but also the characters are very different this time around. Right. The characters individually are very different this time around. I'm not saying they're better, because they're not. Not, but, yeah. But at least they're different. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, but it's, like, it doesn't, it just seems like it doesn't work here at all. Um, so, we have, uh, we start in the future, in... 2029 
where you know the the resistance has taken taken down Skynet. Um, and here's one of those things where I will say, actually, I think this speaks volumes about Genesis. There are a couple of things in this movie where they uh, override stuff from T three, and I got sad about it. Yeah, where like they they go back to the idea of. Uh, Skynet has a central core, and we're gonna all we have to do is blow up this building, and we blow up Skynet. I oh, actually yeah. thought the idea I hated that from T three that no Skynet is software, that Skynet is just everywhere, and there is no like one computer that he lives in, and because that's like a very eighties understanding of computers, you know? Yeah, like, and not, not only the that, internet. it also made no sense if the idea that Skynet is Genesis, which is. Uh, software. Yeah, an operating system that flows across everyone's devices. Exactly. Siri. Yeah. Um, so that seemed patently silly. Um, and you mm. could argue that, like, well, the whole thing is a ruse because, like, yeah, they blow up the central core building in the future, but Skynet's still around, obviously. Um, but even that doesn't make any sense because of the tag at the end of the movie where it's like, oh, we blew it up and now there's no Genesis and it's okay, except that then you see, like, the Skynet central core, like, under all the wreckage and little and a hologram at Smith at the end. So, like, clearly they have doubled down on the idea that there is somewhere a central core of Skynet, which yeah. is yes. so stupid. Matt Smith, what are you doing here? <laughs> I'm sorry, don't you mean Matthew Smith? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I actually noticed that, and I was so like, "Weird." Even even for me, who's not a Whovian, I I never finished season one, so I never got to the good stuff. Oh yeah, uh, I I noticed Matthew Smith. Matthew, yeah. peculiar, very peculiar. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to read you a little thing that I think is interesting. Uh, is uh an interesting uh, is an interview with the two uh, writers, uh, who Patrick Lucier and uh, Leda Caligridis. I always, I'm never going to say her name right. Um, but uh, basically what they are asserting, um, because, like, okay, so there are some sort of open-ended issues here um, in terms of, like, how events fit into the timeline. For example, who sends back old Arnold, you know? This, this, this whole thing is sort of predicated on uh, ter- Skynet sends a Terminator back to kill Sarah Connor as a child, and so somebody sends back an old Arnold, uh, an Arnold Terminator to protect her, but he doesn't know who sent him back. That part has been erased from his programming. Um, and Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. So who sends back someone to kill who, you know, what, why did Skynet go? Why is there an earlier stuff here? And why don't we know who sent everyone back and like how that all worked out? Um, that is all left unanswered. Also like how, Matt Smith, like, is Skynet? Like, how is he a Terminator that, like, made his way into the Resistance that nobody noticed? Um, And also, uh, like, where did he come from? Like, is he still alive? Is Skynet still alive? Like, what's his deal? According to the writers, Matt Smith's character is supposed to be Skynet from another dimension. Oh, really? Yes. Like a <laughs> parallel universe Skynet. Like oh, a good. Skynet who has seen this all go down like many times in like many dimensions, has seen like many different timelines in which they send somebody back and the humans, you know, win in the end. And so this Skynet, it says he came from a, his like one line of dialogue is, I came from a very, I came from a very long way to stop you. So like, the intention there is that he literally like hopped dimensions, sliders style, oh and God. 
popped into this universe so that he could fuck with this universe. I know who sent old man Arnold back. Oh. I know who it is. I just figured it out. All right. what well, Lay it on me. Scott Bakula. <laughs> I like it. Good, good thinking, Al. You can't disprove it. <laughs> yeah, Ziggy is behind the whole thing, actually. Um, so, yeah, so they go... Some, somebody sends a Terminator back to Sarah Connor as a child. We don't know. We assume that's Skynet. Somebody sends an old Arnold back. We don't know who. Um, so they're left, you know, he's left to raise Sarah Connor uh, until the 80s when they know Kyle Reese is going to show up. Um, at which point, like, everything goes, like, sideways. Um, and all well, of our expectations doesn't make any get subverted. Sense. Yeah. There's, there's no reason that Kyle Reese should still show up. Why, why should he show up? Right, exactly. So, and that's the thing. It's like, and that was the, the first moment for me uh, where I started to feel like, oh, I don't like where this is going, which is like Kyle Reese going back in time and like getting the glimpses of himself as a child, like sending him messages. I was like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, if nothing else, the other Terminator movies make sense from like a logical point of view in terms of their time travel and like you know, doing one thing turn leads to another thing. This movie doesn't have any fucking internal logic to its time travel whatsoever. And it is infuriating. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's because they tried to do too many, too many instances of time, tra- of time travel at the same time. Yeah. Which you can't do because it doesn't, doesn't work. Well, and also by leaving a part of it unknown to the audience, like who sends back old Arnold, it also means that like there's a whole there's an important like logical uh you know an important facet to the logic here that we can't understand. So it just seems like lazy fucking screenwriting. Like I don't know, some yeah. stuff. Like the Arnold has a little bit where they like try to explain this away about like why Kyle Reese can see like the you know this other timeline. He's like well, there are, like, focal points in time, and the death of John Connor would be important enough to be, like, a time focal point. And it's like, that's some okay. bullshit. That is all some of Arnold's, bullshit. All right, I wanted to actually sit down and talk about Arnold's exposition moments, because he yes. has a few of them. He does. Like, every once in a while, it's like, like, once everyone gets too confused, like, you know what it's like? It's like they wrote the whole script, they gave it to somebody, to, like an editor, to read through it and be like, you need to fix this, that, and that. Punch up, whatever. Um, and the editor went, I'm confused at this point in the movie and this point in the movie and this point in the movie, make Arnold say something there. (laughs) I I can't argue with that logic. That seems, that seems likely. That seems like probably how this all went down. It's like his contract, he needs to have more lines, have him explain stuff. Yeah. Um, how... And but more lines doesn't really help when the lines are this bad. Um, I know, no. I know you got like <laughs> visibly upset when uh, they decided to start throwing around the term skin job. Oh my god! <laughs> like I think they they think they're being like cutesy and like winking to another fan base, but you're like, nope, 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 not okay. Well, because all it made you want to do was turn off this and go watch Battlestar. Exactly, that's a much better treatment of the I human know. versus machine conflict. Ugh. Terrible. Uh, so, and okay, so we're in 1984. Things go kind of sideways. 
and then it jumps forward to 2017. One of those things that just doesn't make any goddamn sense from a storytelling standpoint. If the whole point is we're going to uh, prevent Skynet from from going active, we're going to prevent... It's not even about, like, preventing Judgment Day per se. It's about, like, we're going to stop Skynet from, like, from turning on, from, like, gaining access to stuff. Um which, again, one of those things from T3 that I found myself actively missing is the idea that Sky, that Judgment Day is inevitable, or at least that Skynet is inevitable. That it's not like, well, we can just stop it from being invented. It's like, no, no, See, eventually someone is going to invent AI, and it's going to go, it's going to go cockeyed, you know? See, I, I don't know. That was one of the things that I actually, in retrospect, and I didn't realize this until after we saw this shitty movie, that I actually really like about T3, yeah. is that... I mean, the whole time Arnold knows and plans that this is inevitable. You can't stop Judgment Day. And even though they're trying to, he's not trying to ever in that yeah. whole movie. He's, he's just, just trying, trying to protect, to protect Sarah Connor. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, or not Sarah Connor, uh, John Connor and, and Claire Danes. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, in T3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like in T3, like they go, they go straight to yeah, the, yeah, exactly. to, to the inevitability thing. And yep. it, you know, and it makes sense. And yeah. in here, they're like, no, we're going to stop Judgment Day. And and old man Arnold is like, okay, nice yeah. to meet you. Well, and, like, and not only that, but, like, there's – if you're going to go about trying to stop Judgment Day or trying to stop Skynet from ever, uh, you know, gaining a foothold, jumping in time 30 years seems to be the dumbest fucking way to do it. Jumping in yeah. time until the, like – 36 hours before it's going to go active seems incredibly stupid. Like, give right. yourself a week. Yeah. Give yourself, oh, maybe 15 years. Maybe don't get in the goddamn time travel machine and then spend the next 15 years making sure it never happens. Like, or just go find all the Dysons that you can. <laughs> all of them. Yeah. Kill them all. The end. You I mean, win. It just seems Game like... over, man. And not Game only that, over. but Arnold is literally spends the... Because, you know, he doesn't time travel. So he literally spends the intervening years... Being a construction worker at Cyberdyne. Like, and the things that he does while he's there are ridiculous. Yeah. And the best he spends he... the time to program in Sarah's name, like, palm print and voice print. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Seriously? Like, maybe, that's how you spent your time? Yeah. Maybe find a better way to, you know, sabotage the creation of Skynet than, like, well, I'll just give her a key to the door. Like... I got you a password. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You couldn't come up with anything better than that? Like, hey, maybe you spend your time as a construction worker sabotaging the construction so yeah, that it like, doesn't take place. I've I've seen that third Batman movie. You can lace a whole place with explosives. <laughs> <laughs> fuck also he's terminator why doesn't he just go around and just break the whole place yeah he can do it yeah exactly i mean there's a whole pool of t-1000 goo there why doesn't he just jump in it and then like make more of himself and then just stay there and just have like a dozen old man arnold t-1000s standing around that time machine that's getting built just killing everyone in sight yeah. just do that that'll yeah. work Exactly. What's wrong with you, idiot? Um, I did kind of like the acid, though. Like, uh, the acid oh, the trap for T-1000. Cool. Yeah, like, that was cool. Cause, again, because that's one of those things. Like, okay, well, if you know there's a T-1000 around, again, how they know there's a T-1000, I'm not quite sure. But if they know there's a T-1000 around, uh, and, like, you have to make sure that uh, no 
future technology can exist for someone to find and build Skynet. Like, I like the idea that, like, no, no, we, like, built a whole little fucking trap room to, you know, get rid of this stuff. That kind of thinking, if that kind of thinking had been pers- had been persistent through the rest of the movie, I would have enjoyed been way it. way better. Yeah, yeah, you need to have, like, like needlessly elaborate booby traps yeah, everywhere. Yeah, exactly, right. Like, like that's what that's what Arnold should have been doing for thirty years is going all around L.A. planting booby traps that he mm-hmm. can use later. Would have been so much better. Um, I did also like I will say uh, the the T one thousand fight uh, and the chase and all that stuff. I I enjoy the way and and you get a little bit of this with the the new Terminator, um, but I enjoy the way that they sort of fuck with. Uh, perspective or the way that like direction doesn't matter um, where like he'll you know he'll be facing one way and then just reverses his direction like so that if Arnold is standing behind him he just like flips him instead of like turning around he just like you know flips his face to the back of his head and now he's facing forward you know Um, and they do the same thing with like where he's like in driving the police car and then he like makes himself like come out of the hole in the windshield and now he's just like facing the right way like there's a couple of moments like that where it's like they're actually using the concept of like liquid metal of he can change his perspective or his direction or his orientation like at a moment's notice in like clever and kind of fun ways um it reminds me of uh there's a couple of good bits in man of steel where it's like oh it's like somebody actually thought out if you had these powers how would you really use them in a fight so like when he's uh superman's fighting zod and zod Mm -hmm. like punches all the ground like punches the concrete out from underneath superman and he just like hovers instead of falling he just like well i'll just fly because i don't need to have stuff underneath me at any moment or like zod swings a big girder at him and superman just like melts it down like in mid swing with his heat vision like that like cool ways of like actually using these powers in interesting methods you know um I, i appreciated those moments early on um and then they went away like everything else yeah um so let's talk about uh let's talk about the big turn here the big the big reveal, which is not a big reveal because it's in the fucking trailers. Um, which which I was didn't... such a mistake, by the way. What yeah, the well, fuck? okay, so let's talk about this because, I, you know, as we've documented, I spent a lot of time avoiding trailers for this movie because I was told very early on these trailers are giving away the whole fucking movie, and I hate that shit. So I didn't watch any of them. So I will say going into it that I knew that t- John Connor was going to be a Terminator. Like, I knew that was going to be a reveal. Well, I mean, Uh, what more do you need to know? Well, the reason I still didn't want to watch trailers and stuff is because, you know, the idea of John Connor as a Terminator is dumb. But, you know, without any context, like, maybe is it that he's been a Terminator the whole time? Is it, like, that he... Or is it just that there is a Terminator that looks like him and it's not actually him? Like... I didn't how they're actually going to execute that move still was, you know, of interest to me even if I knew sort of what it generally was. Um yeah, but the, but the thing is like they spoiled that immediately. Right. When when you see Borg Matt Smith assimilate him. Yeah, like, well that's it's true. like, well yeah. that's the end of that. Now I know why and I don't care now. Yeah, exactly. Um that that shit is frustrating um and dumb and seems like a twist for the sake of trying to be twisty and like surprise the audience but not like 
from a cogent storytelling perspective. Like it doesn't actually add anything, you know. No, I mean it's it's just like Jamie said. It's like they had they're coming up with every conceivable way of retelling the same fucking story. Yeah. That's well, and the because, best they could come up with. And because again, like it it doesn't it basically doesn't matter because okay, so John Connor gets like assimilated and turned into a terminator in the future like at the exact moment that somebody goes back, Kyle Reese goes back in time and changes the entire timeline. So that John Connor somehow can make himself go back in time as well, which also doesn't make any goddamn sense. And is never explained. And is never explained. Um, But, you know, if that's the case, then like, it doesn't matter because Kyle, you know, that's not the John Connor of this timeline now. So like, Kyle Reese and Sarah Connor can still get busy and still have a little kid and still have a John Connor. And have you like, made it yet? It's a different, it's a different guy now. So it's like there's still no weight to the idea that the leader of the human resistance has now been taken over or is now a cyborg or was a cyborg. Like it doesn't it doesn't make it doesn't mean anything. Nope. It's just something that's like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you know? It's like not not really though. Some bullshit. Um, I did, I will say I kind of liked this Terminator a little bit, like, uh, the actual concept of the, of him as a, as a robot, um, you know, I liked him a lot better than the Terminatrix, I can tell you that much, and that's not just because I like Jason Clark as an actor, like, I think he's kind of fun, um, and he certainly is having fun with this character, um, but I like the idea, you know, the, yeah, the, it was everyone else, including us. Yeah. Well, like the, the nanite thing is like, so he's basically like a robot covered in nanite so he can change his appearance and stuff if he wants to. Yeah. Um, did you see big hero six? Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, so you're, you know, it's on of a piece to the liquid metal thing, you know, it's sort of keeping the same, some of the same strengths as liquid metal, but also like kind of stepping up the game a little bit. Um, as opposed to T3, where it was just sort of like, well, she's a robot covered in liquid metal, and then like doesn't really use that in any way that is helpful or fun or cool or meaningful. Um, I liked the idea of, uh, I liked the, the MRI machine bit. Uh, where like the pieces are like flying off of him, and there's like yeah. the shadows behind him. They they wasted that way too early. I by know, the way. right? Um, but I, I I mean I think he looks cool. He's got that same creepy Ultron thing going. Uh, when he is just the skeleton of his face, like he's got lips and no nose, just he like Ultron does. Too much like Ultron. Yeah, frankly. he does look a lot like fucking Ultron. It's for them to weird. be. I mean, for them to be in the same summer anyway. Yeah, exactly. If this was, if this had come out last next summer, everyone would be bitching that it rips off Ultron. Oh yeah, like like they probably will. Anyway. Very well, clearly. no, they probably won't care. I mean. Yeah. Um. But I think I mean he's he's kind of fun as a as a menace as a villain at least. Um, he was a little too indestructible for my tastes. Yeah, you think so? I mean, he had well because I think that's kind of what's fun about T one thousand too is that it's like well he's liquid metal so like how do you defeat liquid metal and it's like well you freeze it and then eventually it thaws and it comes back together you can't shoot it you know like that stuff it makes it like. You know, the only way is you dump him in the in the magma or acid, as we learn here. So I like that it, there at least seemed to be, like, a skeleton there. Or it wasn't just like, well, I can just, you know, reform myself into a puddle if I want to. Like, it's, it's different enough, but, uh, like, he still has, like, the one weakness, which is apparently fucking magnets. How do they work? Oh, my God. The magnet. This, this Terminator could be defeated with the power of Insane Clown Posse. That's what I'm telling you. I, I really appreciated that... 
the only weapon they had that worked against him were <laughs> the magnet gauntlets that Arnold builds in five seconds I from did, a like from an abandoned PA system. I know. Like, I did seriously kind of love the idea of magnet gauntlets of his like magnetic boxing gloves, uh, his magnetic brass knuckles, if you will. Um, th- that I feel was like kind I would have done bad things to him too. I feel like he wouldn't have been able to raise his arms because they would have just been like <laughs> stuck to his sides or something if they're that right? powerful. Yeah, they also, are magnets how much, over his metal skeleton. Like, and I mean, like, you'd have to have some pretty crazy magnets or a lot of electricity to make that work, and that's just not explained. And it looks ridiculous. Yeah, I they, I did like that they uh, they addressed a, a, an issue that Jamie has always had with this franchise, which is the idea of. Uh, they all have to go through the time machine naked because yes. it only organic tissue can go through. And Jamie was always like, yeah, but he's a Terminator. He's made of metal. Like, doesn't that mean that, like, the metal should be ripped through his skin? Like, what's the deal? And they specifically call out in this movie, it has to be uh, encased in living tissue, which is yeah. why, like, o- old man Arnold can't go through the machine because he gets the skin pulled off of his arm and so he wouldn't be able to make it through. Uh, which seems like... Like, he probably should have thought of that before he... Uh... Well, and that's the thing. It seems like that's something that was sort of implied by the previous movies and never like felt the need to explicitly state it. Um, that's sort of how it feel, this movie feels. Where it's like every, everything has to be explicitly stated. There's no art to any of this, you know? Like, they can't just let something be. Everything has to be, like, smashed. In the, you have to smash everybody in the face with it instead. Yeah. There's no subtlety. There's no... I remember I said to you after this movie that whoever directed this thing needed to spend some time watching some old horror movies. Yeah. Not slasher movies, but... Well, those two actually would be fine. But just anything where they, where that are... It's just like... You know what they needed to do? They need to go watch Alien, the first one. Mm. Like, build suspense, build suspense, build suspense, pay off. Yeah. They're probably terrible in bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is... There is no suspense here. Um, it is just blunt force trauma, um, and and idiotic at that. And and like, and cheap, stupid gimmicks. Like, yeah, yeah I don't. It's boring. I mean, and the clearly, like I said, they're clearly going for sequels here. Like they've left a bunch of doors open for there to be sequels. Um, I, I don't care. For for that <laughs> i don't i'm okay with that but they did it so badly here i mean this was a, this ending was way too happy i mean basically you, you had a happy ending and then it was like oh wait a minute we forgot we might want a sequel okay well throw on that extra thing at the end with uh matt smith in the corner like, yeah just tack it on <sighs> well also there's something kind of great about the original being like you know the original the Kyle Reese dies you know that it's like yeah. oh he goes back because he cares about her and uh and that he he is willing to like sacrifice himself for her um and there's something kind of like lovely about that um and they spend lots of time in this movie talking about how the fact that like you know if they have sex and you know she has a kid, then he's gonna die and if she tries to protect her he's gonna die and that he doesn't then, die. And then he doesn't die. So it's like, what? That's, why do I care anymore? Well, we also you know? never saw them have sex. Well, no, I mean they clearly haven't. I Maybe think. Well, they're the gonna go live one. in a commune with T one thousand Arnold. Yeah. They'll have sex and he dies. You know, also on the concept of you know things, the old movies being artful and these this one not. You know, something implied in the previous movies or in the in the first and second movie at least that you know 
John Connor sent Kyle Reese back on purpose because he knew that Kyle Reese was his father and he had to send him back in order to not only protect his mother, but also to ensure that he would be born. Uh, And so like that, that's something that, that John Connor knows and is aware of. And he makes his decisions intentionally. This movie spends lots of time explicitly talking about how John Connor, like, fucked with Kyle Reese's head to, like, make him fall in love with his mother and how, like, weird and creepy that is. And, like, it just keeps talking about it over and over and over again. So it's, like, to the point that it's, like, hey, I'm going to make you fall in love with my mom uh, who you've never met in time so that I make sure that you fuck my mom so that I can be a person. Like, there's something sort of the light weird less you address it, like the less weird it is. You know, the more yeah. you talk about it, the more awkward that concept becomes. And this movie talks well, about it at length. Well, the other thing is, you know, right at the beginning when uh, he's choosing a volunteer to go back in time. Yeah, and everyone and, volunteers, and everyone volunteers, and then Kyle's like, "I'll go," and he says, "Why should I choose you?" Because uh, you know he didn't give any dialogue to anybody else. Right, but it was like. Why should I choose you? And he says, you know why. Which made, which led me to believe that Kyle knew at that point oh, that he yeah, was the no. father. And I was like, no, wait I a minute. Kyle knew, but I did think it was weird that John Connor like put him through the ringer because I was like, you know you're going to send him. Why yeah. are you making him prove it? Well, see, that was the thing that didn't make any sense to me because I, I was like, does he know that he's supposed to be his father? Like, Because no. then they had that I whole big, like, wait, we're supposed to fuck? Blah. Like, oh, shut up. I really didn't like the uh i got really annoyed. neither did i <laughs> okay good enough <laughs> um i got really annoyed with the conceit at the end of like where the, the timer keeps where they're trying to blow up the skynet building and it's like well every time he ages the timer jumps forward and so like literally skynet is a child and then he becomes like a teenager and then like that found that whole thing just like tiresome was ridiculous and also how did they know that and why did they introduce it all of a sudden yeah also he's a computer program why is it aging like what the fuck doesn't make any goddamn sense he was self-aware from the beginning yeah yeah isn't that the whole point of this that it's like that he's self-aware the whole time and skynet and puberty fuck me huh I, I will say that, you know, as much shit as we gave this movie for, like, you know, months on end about the stupid spelling of its title, like, once I saw it within the context of this movie, I actually became totally okay with it, because the whole point is that Genesis, spelled incorrectly, is like, it's a software platform, it's like a program that they're, like, putting out onto people's mobile devices, and I went, oh, it's Tumblr, it's like, where you use words and you spell them wrong, that makes it hip and cool, I was like, oh, okay, I actually don't mind that anymore. I still was waiting for the throwaway line where it was like genetic something system blah blah oh, blah yeah, Genesis yeah, yeah. for short and it, like I don't need to be hit, bit, like beaten around the head with it but at the same time it's like give me the throwaway line say it once yeah um, just I once did, I did really like the one like exchange between uh, Connor and and Danny Dyson what do we want time travel when do we want it it's irrelevant like I kind of dug that yeah that was the best part of the whole movie yeah but also like. You how, really like you? How did he sp- convince this guy to spend like billions of dollars building a time machine that didn't fucking work? You like, yeah, they never like, did get it. Working. How did how did they? <laughs> yeah, and like, what was the concept there? Plus, like, I don't know. It seems like the point was, oh, we're gonna build a time. I'm here, you know, in the past. I'm gonna build a time machine. Why does John Connor want to build a time machine in the past? Like, where is it that he wants to go? And if 
T one thousand could build, or if uh, you know, old Arnold could build it working in like the eighties, then why can't Jason? Why can't uh, John Connor Future build John it in twenty seventeen? Yeah. Like, if they can build it in the 80s, why can't they build it in 2017? And also, why does he want it? Where does he want to go? And, like, what's the point of building it? And it's you can't say that it's, oh, he's building the one that Skynet will use in the future. Because they're in San Francisco, as with every fucking big screen, like, summer movie. It has to be in San Francisco. You better destroy that. Golden Gate Bridge. Exactly. But, like, they're in San Francisco, and they explicitly call out that in the future, the time machine's in Los Angeles. So, like, what's the fucking point of that? Other than to build a giant magnet that can kill the robot later. Exactly. I feel like that, you know, I feel like the the writers think they're being clever and like leaving all of these threads to dangle that like can be picked up to be picked up in future movies. But the audience doesn't give a fuck. You know, it feels exactly like Amazing Spider-Man 2. (sighs) You know what I hate? Amazing Spider-Man 2. (laughs) Yes, but I, I hate it when... When movies or writers try to convince me that I'm stupider than I am. <laughs> and it's like, so basically I just paid $18 or whatever so that I can sit here in a darkened room and you can insult me for a while. Like, and if I want to be insulted for a couple hours in a dark room, I'll just like go see my parents or something. I mean, that's free. <laughs> I'm pretty much done here. Uh, I think we're all pretty much done here. If we're lucky, Terminator's pretty much done here, but it's we're not, not that lucky. You and so. I, we all know it's not. Yeah. Um, well, look, milk, we've already done our thing. Heart of the Ghostbusters. So instead, since we made a point of going through this whole franchise, let's go, uh, you know, let's rank Let's rank the franchise. What's from uh, favorite to least favorite? How, well, do, you, how okay. do you rank these movies? My least favorite is Genesis because it's a waste of time. Um, and then and then Salvation because it's a waste of time. See how it's a waste of time? See what I did there? Yeah, I did. Um, it's good. It's very clever. Oh, I'm so clever. And then, of the three that I actually give half a shit about, um, then I'm going to go with the the original. Mm-hmm. And then Terminator 2. And then T3. T3 I is lo- still your number one, It's huh? still my favorite. T2 is a far, far, far better movie. No yes. contest. But I just kind of love Terminator 3. And that's all. Like, it's not a good movie, but yeah. I love it anyway. Yeah. No, that's that's totally fair. Yeah, Jamie. Mm, two is the best. Then one, and then I do not acknowledge that there are more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's interesting. That's another. It's a point we didn't really talk about earlier. They kind of try to do like a Superman Returns thing here, where they, you know, they're they're springing directly out of the Cameron movies and sort of pretending like the other two never existed. Um, so, you know, really, like, nothing that happens in Salvation, or in T3, for that matter, holds any sway. Uh, you know, it doesn't have any impact on whether the future stuff or the past stuff. Um, in fact, they kind of erase all of that stuff. Probably why they made no mention of how old John was when the Terminator came. I know, or right? when and if Sarah Connor died of cancer. In fa- and they explicitly call out, at the very beginning in the opening monologue, they explicitly call out that Judgment Day happens in 1997. So they are, like, keeping to the original timeline of events as opposed to, like, T3, where Judgment Day happened in 2003. So... Like, again, trying to figure out where this movie falls in the timeline of the rest of them. Like, you could argue that, 
you know, T1, 2, 3, and Salvation at least continue on one trajectory. They at least stick to one sequence of events to one timeline. This one, like, fucks up, fucks everything up, but, like, doesn't explain how or why it does that, um, which is very weird, you know? Yep. Uh, for me, I think uh, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to probably confound some expectations here. Uh, I'm going to put the original Terminator as my favorite. Um, like, after this most recent go-through, um, I found that I really, really loved and appreciated that first one uh, a lot more than I expected to. Um, and I found the second one, while, like, fun and great and classic, still kind of felt a little long and a little draggy in parts. Um, and, you know, Eddie Furlong continues to be, like, intolerable to me, so. But awesome Sarah Connor. No, but you get awesome Sarah Connor. That's oh. another big problem with Genesis is that, like, look, I, Sarah, Sarah Connor, Connor sucks in this one. Yeah, I love Amelia Clark. She's great, but she just can't. I mean, like, in life, I love her. I like her on Game of Thrones. She just does not hold a candle like they want her to be tough as nails like badass t2 sarah connor in this movie and she just not can't pick up that mantle it's a real shame um so i will i will put t1 as my as my favorite um and i will put uh you know it's it's real tough that's a tough coin toss between two and three um do it I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to go one, three, two, uh, and then I will put Genesis over Salvation um, because Salvation just, especially with this one now, just feels like so much more of an outlier um, in terms of like the universe and like Christian Bale doesn't feel like he belongs in this universe in any way. Like I get bored. I got bored watching Salvation. Like there is at least a few enough bright spots in Genesis that like, if I was going to watch one of these again, I would, and had to pick between Genesis and salvation. I would pick Genesis. If nothing else, there is no JK Simmons in, in salvation, you know, it's a really good point. I'm going to have to go back and I'm going to swap <laughs> Genesis. No, I serious. I'm going to yeah. swap Genesis and salvation there. I mean, they're still at the bottom. They're still so at the bottom. Kids, yeah. But, but it's, I am going to swap them. If for no other reason that Genesis would make for a way better drinking game, there's oh, a drinking sure. game in there somewhere. Oh, absolutely. We're like, gonna find I mean, it. you could, you could pay, maybe you could just, I mean, even something as simple as Terminator Genesis is boring. Yeah. Go, go. <laughs> like every time it's boring, you drink. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, that wraps up our Terminator rewatch. Uh, that's one, one franchise down. Um, <sighs> Next week is kind of a slow week at the box office. Um, there's a fucking Minions movie coming out, which I don't care about. Uh, so I don't, I don't. That's kind of it. Uh, we got it's a week in between Ant Man, so um, I don't, I don't know what we're gonna do next week. Um, oh, Ant Man! Shit, I'm probably gonna have to come back for Ant-Man. you. I think you should come back for Ant Man. <laughs> I can't, I can't got not. Two yeah. weeks. But I got that. two weeks. That's fine. Yeah. I'll, I'll schedule time. And okay. after that, I think there's kind of a another sort of lull where there. I mean, there's stuff. I think. Uh, 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 Mission Impossible comes out um, between now and when you take the bar. So, um, mm. actually, no, no, no. Mission Impossible comes out, I think, on the 31st. So, I think it comes out right after you take the bar. Oh, gee, yeah. But the thing is, that, like, I need to go back and watch all of them. That you um, should, because I mean, literally, all I remember nothing. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna. I don't know what we're gonna watch next week. It will probably be something old. Maybe a little throwback. Um, 
I mean, we'll see. I know Jeff wanted to be here today, but uh, he couldn't get in for this one because uh, his sister just had a baby. So hey, ma- a baby. Mazel tov to her. Um, and we'll uh, so we will we'll see. If we can touch back with Jeff. Maybe we'll get Jeff in next week, and maybe maybe we we'll see if Jeff has a has a suggestion for something fun to watch next week. I don't know. Um, in the meantime, uh, you can follow the uh, blog at uh, dailyscreening.com. You can follow me on the Twitters uh, at mdaily01, and you can listen to the podcast here on SoundCloud or on the iTunes. We've had fun talking. I hope you've had fun listening. Have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow. Tomorrow.